Awesome, awesome. Hey, I just want to give a special welcome to those of you who are have been brought as friends. Thank you. I know it's a little bit scary to come to a church. I know we're in a gym, but like this church time, and I just want to say thank you. We want to honor you. We want to honor the friends that have been brought here. Let's, let's say thank you to all the people who have come here as friends. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you, Karen, for coming. All right, just, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to point everybody out. We're good, we're good. Yeah, here at Church on the Rock, we, we just love our community so much. We love to be able to share it with you. And so here's a, a special Sunday just to say thank you for being our friends. And we want you to experience something that is so dear to us here at Church on the Rock. Well, uh, before I give the message, I'm the senior pastor here, and uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to pray, I'm going to talk to God before uh, I give uh, this, uh, this message. So let's, uh, let's talk to him. Heavenly Father, we love you. Just love you from the bottom of our hearts, and uh, just, uh, could you just speak now? Help us to know what to take away and what would be helpful for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, as uh, some of you know, I spent way too long in uh, in school. I figured after after high school, I uh, I did uh, I continued on at school for 17 years, and uh, because of that, I just I love sort of taking up information. I just love uh, taking up information. And remember, I came upon this study about a community in uh, in Pennsylvania. It was like a little sheltered community in Pennsylvania. There were about 100,000 people there, and the place was called Rose. Rosetto, Rosetto, Pennsylvania. And there in Rosetto, it was interesting, it was mainly from uh, a named sort of group that came there, it was from Italy, so a lot of uh, Italian immigrants, and they all worked at this slate factory, it seemed like a one sort of, one one uh, business town, that kind of thing. And uh, it would have been passed off as, as unnoticeable, except some of the physicians there uh, noticed that people just did not get sick as much as, uh, as other, other people. In fact, they, the whole area of, of heart attacks, heart attacks were just non it, they weren't there at all. <laughs> and, and, and they start to, to report that the whole, the, the biggest heart attack, you know, uh, demographic from 55 to 65 in men, there were zero heart attacks, zero heart attacks. Not only that, uh, just for the, for the whole population, it was below half the national average. And so because that news went out, of course, all the sociologists went to, to figure out what was going to go on here. Why, you know, why are they, why are they uh, doing this? And they figured out, number one, it, uh, you know, from, uh, they're from Italy. Must be a Mediterranean diet, right? Those of you who have gone on Mediterranean diets, lots of olive oil. And, you know, okay, lots of salads. It's probably because what they ate. <laughs> they, they, they discovered, no, it wasn't what they ate. These people ate meatballs all the time, and their favorite meal, get this, was sausages fried in lard. That's healthy. Yeah, can, doesn't that just make you feel yummy, yummy? Sausages fried in lard. They ate lots of cheese. They ate actually the diet that would, would cause most heart attacks. And for some reason, this did not, this did not uh, do any, uh, you know, hurt them at all. Uh, they all worked in these slate factories, so they thought maybe it's the environment. But, but in the Pennsylvania hills where there are other uh, quarries, they, they, 
the, the heart attack rate was, was just as high as the national average. In fact, they had so many toxic gases uh, spewing out of these diesel engines that, uh, that the pollutants were higher in the area because they, the, you know, the pollutants couldn't get out of the, the hills that were surrounding the area. So that, they crossed that one off. They said it had to be exercise, right? Those of us who want to stay healthy, got to be exercising. So they, they asked the question, are they jogging? No one jogged. No one jogged. In fact, they're very sedentary. They sat. They sat down. And you know what they sat down? They sat down and drank coffee, and they sat down and ate a lot. Doesn't that sound like pure heaven? It had to be genetics then, right? Had to be genetics. And so they, they studied the, the family of them. And no, it wasn't genetics. And so now they said, okay, now we're going to send in an anthropologist. And uh, so the anthropologist came and just studied, you know, the interactions of the people. And this is what they found. This is what they found. They found these people sat down and had meals with their families, families, families for three generations. And their meals would last three and four hours as they would laugh and talk over food. And then after they worked in the slate factory, they'd all sit down with espressos and just talk and talk and talk in these friendship groups. And this is what the study concluded. And this was a 50-year study. This is not a small one. This is a longitudinal study for 50 years. This is what they discovered, that friendships extend our lives. Isn't that wild? It, I, it just, it makes me want to get a lot more friends and eat a lot more sausages cooked in lard. Amen? Come on. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> Isn't that wild though? Let us stop and let's not rush back past that. Good friendship actually extend our lives. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? As, uh, as somebody that uh, had a biology degree, and I, I love looking at biology, and uh, I, I love reading as much as I can about neuroscience. I, I, this is just really cool stuff. It, it, I think it has something to do with actually how we are wired, how we're wired. Our brains, our brains are abject miracles. We have 100 billion neurons packed in our skulls. Packed in our, that's about the num, uh, same number of stars in the Milky Way. You see the, the stars in the Milky Way, you hear about, you know, uh, the how many billions there are. Well, we have 100 billion cells, neurons, packed in our head. Not only that, I remember studying the neurons in, uh, in biology. You know, there's, there's the, the, the axon and, and the, you know, the, the little cell body and the dendrites. Always in the cell pictures that I had to draw, there's like five little connections they'd make to other cells. But they, they simplify that. They say in our brains that one cell, just one cell, could have up to 10,000 to 100,000 connections to other cells. And they grow every day. They grow or they, they recede. It all depends what you think about. Whatever you think about most, these dendrites, these connections, come and connect and, and recede. And, and it, it, that's just like, how does that happen? Not only that, just because of all those connections, here it is. There are 8.6 quadrillion connections. I didn't even know quadrillion was a number. It was good. That's, so that 8.6 quadrillion connections in your brain right now. As uh, one of the, the writers of uh, Discovery Magazine said, he, he said this. Asked to name the most exotic thing in the universe, most of us would mention either very uh, large black holes or the very small particles like quarks. But the most incredible structure 
in the entire universe <clears throat> may be what is sitting behind your eyeballs. Inside our heads is the most complex and sophisticated device in the universe. And in that device, scientists are discovering layers upon layers of cells that are meant for relationship. There's one called a mirror neuron, that, that we have neurons that mirror the, the emotions that are around us. If, there, if you're in a, in a room with, with happy emotions, those, those uh, mirror neurons start to, to fire and they mirror what other people feel like. And, and so it, you just feel happy. Have you been around happy people? It's like, oh, this is nice. You know, that, that's your brain firing going, oh, this is nice, right? Have you ever been around depressing people? Do you want to stay away from them? Yes, all right, why? Because it's depressing. And you just feel that. And this, this explains why. This is, explains why when you have a fight with somebody, it just sort of lingers because these things are flying around in our brains. Uh, the, 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 the animals that have the most of these would be a chimpanzee. They would have about a dozen to up to 100 of these. In a human brain, Human, human brain, we have tens of thousands of these. We, our brain is wired for relationship. And that's why in the Rosetta community, we are created, we are made for relationships. This is the key. And that's why if you're around, uh, you know, somebody, you've had a fight. I remember walking into a gym once. I was, uh, we were renting a gym. And uh, I, it was cold outside. I had a baseball cap on. I was coming in, putting some uh, equipment in there, getting ready ready to uh, load things up. And the custodian was on the other side of the gym. And uh, this is high school, right, high school gym. And so he says this, he yells this across the gym, get out of here, kid! And I was both upset and quite happy at the same time. He thought I was a high school student. He didn't see my wrinkles or my gray hair. Yes, I still have it. And then I turned around, took my hat off. Sorry, I, I'm renting. The, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. But you know what the weird thing is? That, that, that affected my brain for about hours after that. Why? Because we are physically wired for relationships. Relationships. We are hardwired for Relationships. At, here at Church on the Rock, we believe we're created by our creator. All the beauty, all the fine-tuned ecosystems have a desire behind it. I know some of you are on the way to that, trying to figure that one out. Some of you have other opinions. That's great. Keep on coming. <laughs> the deal is, though, here we believe that there is too much wonder for this all to be a mistake, a lucky turn of the wheel. Actually, we, we believe in, in Genesis 1.26, and, and it says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness. And whether some people believe that happened in a moment or over, over eons, that there was a designer, that was, there was a dr driver. And as the Bible says, let God, let God. God said that's singular, but he said let us. And there's different parts of God that came in and, 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 and created we as, as Christians believe this is the Trinity. This is, this is three persons made into one. And so we believe at the heart of our hearts, we believe that we're created as we's and not me's. You were created as a we to be connected to other people. 
And this is why we talk about relationships here at church. You might wonder, why do we have a Friendship Sunday? To honor you as friends. Thank you for coming. Thank you for seeing what this part of our life is all about. But we also believe God has some things to say about relationship. And the problem is, the problem is, if we're created as we's, as we're, if we're created to be in relationship, why do we get it so wrong? <laughs> right? Why do we get it so wrong? Like, why is it so hard to do relationships? And, and I think there's a lot of reasons. I, I think one of them is certainly is distractions, distractions from other things. And, and as you know, as our society gets more distracted, it's going to be harder and harder to have good relationships. There's a seminary experiment. This was a, a secular ex experiment happened at seminary. And uh, what happened is uh, seminarians were, were asked to go and preach a sermon uh, on the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan stops and helps somebody in need. And the deal is, the deal is as they were going from, from the study hall to where they're going to give the, this talk in the chapel, they had set up somebody that had fallen off their back, bike, sorry, fallen off their bike. And so they wanted to see how many seminarians were actually stopping and help somebody because they're just going to give a message on it, right? How did the pastors do? How did the fledgling pastors do? Well, not too bad. Not too bad. If they were given the time to do it, 8 out of 10 stopped and, and, and actually tried to help and, uh, uh, you know, phoned in an ambulance and all the things that needed to happen. So that was great. But if there was a time crunch, if there's a time crunch, and there's other things going on, distractions, you know what happened? Only 1 out of 10 stopped. And they're going on the way to give a message about stopping. <laughs> Does that just show Christians are evil? No, it talks about how much distractions take us away from the things that are very important. And so we end up with relationships that don't re resemble the Rosetto relationships. In fact, I believe if we, if we don't give attention to our relationships, they decay over time. They decay over time. So the, 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 the small amount of time that we have remaining is that what kind of attention does relationships take? What kind of uh, attention do we need to give to relationships? We could all guess some, right? Our creator uh, gave some hints in the Bible. And there's loads and loads of relational advice and, and, and beautiful ideas in the Bible. Before Jesus went off to heaven, he said, I want you not just to know me individually. I want you to be in community. I want you to be in relationships. So he started these things called local churches. Local churches are not really for only the purpose of coming in, getting a message, and going out. They're here to build relationships, to build friendships, so we can help each other because we are wired as we's and not me's. This is why one of the reasons that God made these things called churches. And he gave us some great great ideas on how to build relationships within the church, and it should just help us in a lot of ways in all our friendships. Number one, number one, I've got two points, okay, two-pointer, okay, we're halfway done. Number one, just simply giving attention, simply giving attention to the other person. Simply giving attention to the other person. Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says this, don't be selfish, don't try and impress people, others. Be humble, thinking of others <coughs> as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others 
also. In other words, uh, God is saying to us, he said, listen, as you're distracted by so much in life, slow down, whoa, 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 slow down, and decide that person that's standing in front of me is more important than me. I'm going to give them my full attention. I'm not going to be thinking about myself right now because guess what? We can, <laughs> no matter how fast I talk, you can think four times as fast as I can talk. So as you're talking with your friends, you know what it's like, right? You can let your mind wander to all other kind of things while they're talking away. You know, the Charlie Brown mouth, right? And, and you can be thinking about all kinds of other things. So this passage, no, no, this is the most important person in front of you right now. Let all those four times as much the brain cells go and be pointed at them and be engaged with them and think about them and actually look at them in the eyes and get ready to talk about what they're talking about. And I think that just simple giving attention to the people in front of us instead of being distracted by everything, even the ring of the phone, is going to help every one of our relationships. The Bible also says uh, in James 1.19, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Okay, hold on, hold on. what were you saying? Like, like, like to bend in to listen. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. No, no, finish what you're saying. I was, that's like really good what you're saying. Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. I, I remember there's a, a young man I was mentoring, and uh, we were talking about this. And so we had a game. We had a game. And so uh, we were both asked to go to some big birthday party. And so here's the, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, there was some big birthday party, and we were both, you know, going to hang out there and say, are you going? Yeah, are you going? But I'm mentoring this young man. And, uh, and so I said, okay, here's our game. Here's our game. At the end of the day, let's you and I get together and let's find out what we've learned about other people. Why, yeah, yeah. Let's sit down and let's plug them with questions. And let's find out as much as we can to learn from other people. So, okay, that's on. And it was like, you know, who's going to win about how many people we learn from. So we got there to the party. I sat down there. So, so you know, yeah, what's, what's your major? And, and what, what, why are you into that? And, and just like, and I learned so many things. That's awesome. That's great. And I got to know this person and then somebody else. I asked, you know what I found? I found out I came away with all the goodies, learning a ton of things. And they all felt amazing because somebody actually paid attention to them. I, I've taken that on like a, a, a lifelong, uh, you know, thing I, I, I do. Uh, when, before COVID, I got to fly different places. And it's always interesting. You're, you're stuck on the airplane for however long, right? And sometimes the people next to you are okay with, you know, talking. Some, you know, aren't. You don't force talk on the people. But often, just with a few questions, a few questions, giving my attention fully to what they're talking about, I come away learning so much. I remember this one guy. I said, hey, you know, why, why are you going to, down to San Diego? He said, oh, there's some wind farm that I'm, I'm in charge of. Hold on, you're in charge of a wind farm? Yeah, yeah. Like, so you know how those big, big things work? Yeah. Okay, tell me all about it. <coughs> tell me. You know, how, how much electricity? Oh, he says, I got some things to tell you. And that for the next, like, two hours we talked. And I learned all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the time, he said, wow, the, the flight, that hardly took any time. Yeah, hardly took any time. He came away feeling amazing. And I came away so much richer. That is what the local church is. 
I'm going to come here. I'm going to focus my attention on you because God says, I'm supposed to treat you as more important right now in this moment than myself. And that is how we feed our friendships, whether in the church, outside of the church, to be able to come home and, you know, there's a whirlwind, to be able to stop and say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And, and stop and just not like, hey, how you doing? And going. But no, stopping and paying attention, looking at people in the eyes and saying, tell me about how your day is going. Day is going. That's number one. Number two, number two, the communities that God was making, these local churches, they asked him to, he asked them to do one more thing. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're doing already. Encourage each other and build each other up. Now, don't let the simplicity fool you. This, there is encouragement that builds up, and then there's just an encouragement that, that's like hot air that doesn't really help people too much. Uh, there's an interesting experiment that happened. There were people that, uh, that were asked to do a task, a new task that they'd never done before in, in, a, in a situation. And, uh, and they found out people that did really well in the task, uh, what happened was they, um, uh, they didn't do as well the second time. But everybody that did sort of poorly, poorly at the task, uh, they did better the second time. And it was across the board, and they're trying to figure out why. They're trying to figure out why this happened. This is what they discovered. It was the feedback. So if you did something really well, okay, okay, uh, could you come and give a talk? You gave a talk. If you did that really well, what kind of feedback would you get? What would it be? It would be, you did a good job, right? Eight ago, you did a good job. Did you know why you did a good job? No. It was just good. Oh, I'm good. Sweet. So the next time you did it, you had no idea why you did a good job. And so guess what? You're not going to do as good a job as you did the first time. Whereas you, if you did it wrong and you go, oh, like you said, um, every second sentence. And you're like shifting. And you just made us all feel uncomfortable. And, uh, okay, I, I don't want to cut you down on this, but here's some things to work on. Guess what? The second time you do, uh, do that task... You know what happens? You do better. Why? Because the feedback you got was specific. It was like, here's something that you can actually work on. And then they discovered something. If you, somebody does something well, to give them some feedback that's specific. You know what you did really well? You introduced yourself. You looked at people in the eyes. You were confident. The, the more things that you can encourage specifically, you know what it does? It actually builds people up. It's, it's, as, one, uh, as one social psychologist said, Stephen Glenn, he said, if we just say to people, oh, you're a good boy, you're a good girl, it, it doesn't really help because it's like a hot air balloon. Because if you take away you're a good boy or a good, bo good girl, the, you know, the flames stop and the balloon goes down. We don't know why we're, we're a good boy. We don't know why we're a good girl. And so as we give encouragement, that actually builds up. That actually builds up then the whole community gets built up. You know what I love about you? You're just generous. I, I see how you go and, and give your time to people around you. One thing I noticed about you is, is that you're so sincere. When, when you speak, I know it's from the heart. I know it's from the heart. <laughs> I see you as grateful. You're always thanking me for things. That is something I see in you, and that is utterly amazing. That is to build up through specific encouragement. Specific encouragement. We all know this. This is just a reminder. I remember I, I was at somebody's house, 
and uh, we, were, we were planning an event. And this little girl comes out with a ballerina tutu. She's about this big. And she, you know. And then she twirled and she went away. And, and so as she's going out the door, I said, hey, I like the twirls. You do that really well. She smiled. She went away. Five minutes later, she came back. You know what the whole dance was? Twirls. <laughs> Why? Because I was able to be encouraging in a specific way. So we need to build up each other in specific encouragements. And the empower, the empower of encouragement is crazy. I can tell you this again and again. As uh, somebody that's worked with young people, we've done these things called uh, encouragement circles. Where, where we, we pick one person out and, and the rest of the people just encourage them specifically about what they do well. I, I remember uh, being at, uh, at one of the retreats in WLD. There's a ranch down in Pennsylvania. And there's a circle of, of, of kids. And, and we had 50 kids. And we said, okay, okay, we can't do this. It's going to take too much time. If everybody talks, it's going to take, you know, one minute. It's, it's going to take a, an hour. So, so let's, 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 you know... Break up into two groups. And the kids rebelled. No, we want to encourage each other because they understood what it was. And so, okay, okay so everybody, if whoever encourages somebody, we need two people, two, three at most, three at most. And got to keep them short, all right? Short encouragements, and then, and then we'll, we'll go around because we're going to be here an hour. Well, what happened is teenagers that they say can't uh, have an attention span of, of three minutes or less. You know, we went around... And somebody said, you know what, it started like this, and this is the downfall of the whole, the whole circle. Somebody said, when my mom died, you were there for me. No one else was there for me, and, and you were there. And, oh, and everybody's getting the Kleenex out. I'm going, this is going to take longer than an hour. <laughs> and people encouraged them, and, they, and everybody was crying. And, and, okay, get this, get this. Three hours. Three hours of encouragement, and nobody said, you know, once it's done, you know why? We're wired for relationship. And God knows, he says, listen, can you build each other up? I remember uh, uh, <laughs> uh, studying at University of Toronto, Oise, and one, one of the groups was a, a small group. And uh, it was a horrible class. <laughs> God bless Oise. Anyway, it was a horrible class. We, we weren't learning anything in it. It was, it was you know, how some courses are good, some not so good. That was a not so good one. And uh, basically they, they told us we could st do anything we want uh, in the small group. And, and it took us weeks and weeks and weeks to decide, uh, you know, let's, let's do a task. No, let's be relational. And they, they did all kinds of things. But with nobody being a leader, it was just tough. And then finally, I think it was the second last class, I said, hold on. I've got something we can do as a group that was going to be amazing. And they said, what is it? I told them about the encouragement circle. I, but I said, you're going to have to let me lead it. And then so we talked a half hour about, you know, should anybody lead anything. And anyway, so at the end of it, they said, okay, you've got a half hour. And everybody, all right, we're actually going to do something as a small group. Okay, so I <laughs> said, Okay, let's start, and, and let's just encourage each other specifically. Let's start with, there's a businessman there. Uh, he, he'd, he'd been there through the whole class. And, and so we just mentioned some things about what he did in the class that were encouraging. 
this guy's like in his late 50s, business suit. I always came in a business suit. This is kind of weird. And uh, he starts to cry. This guy is crying. <laughs> and we're looking. And he just threw his tears. Like, sorry, guys. At work, they drive me. They drive me. And I just don't know who I am anymore. And you've told me. And it was like this holy hush. You know, you, know, you, you, you get the sense of holiness. And that came. And so we went around and encouraged each other and built each other up. And that is just good for friendships. Friends, thank you for coming. We love you. <laughs> we want your friendships to deepen. We want our people here at Church on the Rock, we want our community here to deepen. We want to put full attention to stop our distractions. We want to be specific in how we build you up. We need to just feed our friendships. Feed our friendships. I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up, and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do from here. Uh, we have a, a, a way that we actually do this. Here at Church on the Rock, we actually try to be very practical, actually talk about things that help here. And so what we have, we have two tables. One table on that side underneath the blue mats. And this table right behind the, uh, uh, that uh, thing that says uh, find your place here. All right? And on those tables, there are cards. And uh, there are, uh, see, nine cards, nine cards. And those nine cards have, have actual character qualities on them. There's one that is flexibility. You are flexible. Number one. Uh, there's another one that says you're dependable. You are very dependent. Another one says you're just fun. <laughs> another one says you're hardworking. What I'd love you to do, we're going to have four worship songs. And so this is going to be just a, a fun little bit of action. A as we sing those next four worship songs, I would invite you, if you feel like it, to go and take one of the, look over the cards and think about the friend that you have here. And say, are they... Are they fun? Are they, what, what are they like? And then take one of those cards, or take two of them, or, and then give them to your friends and say, this is what I believe you are. It's a specific encouragement. You don't have to wait till you get home. And those, those cards actually have little definitions on them. So here we get to encourage each other. So as we do the next four worship songs, we're going to go and pick those up. There's going to be pens on the table, and you can write on the back of them and say, from, all right, from. So as they, they take that home, they can remember uh, where, uh, where they got that encouragement from, all right? Awesome. Yeah. What if you didn't bring a friend? Then you can actually go and send that to go and, and bring those things to the people here that you know, that friends here. So it is friendships here in our community, the Christian community. That's the friendships that the folks have brought. And as we do that, we're worshiping. And, and we love to worship here at Church on the Rock. For those of you who are new to church that don't know how to worship, that this is all new singing, uh, that whole singing thing. There's, sometimes there's a, a desire in your heart to be able to talk to God. You just don't know the right words. And so try, just try, just try singing along a couple of the, the verses. And this is a way to start you just to actually talk to God. I'm going to talk to God first now and let us get into some worship. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the fun of just friends that you have built in us. 
I pray for the relationships in this local church, God. Help us to be close and help each other. Help us to be able to give our full attention and encourage each other. And I pray that the encouragement will happen now during these worship songs as we pass out these specific encouragements, Lord. Allow encouragement to reign here in Jesus' holy name. Amen.